Today we're talking about the age old problem of working to resolve symptoms instead of root causes. And this is a theme that comes up a lot in our work that we want to take the time to unpack, you know, what's at play, how easy it is to fall into that and really provide a framework and be thought partners in taking the time to really sit and dissect and discern what is causing those painful symptoms. A metaphor to help explain this is when you're having digestive problems and your stomach hurts and how most people will just take Pepto-Bismol, maybe even peppermint tea or something to solve, you know, that upset. But if it's an ongoing digestive problem, most humans will just continue to take Pepto-Bismol or they'll go in and get something over the counter in order to eliminate that symptom that happens over and over. The question comes up is like, well, what is actually causing that upset? Is it what you're eating? Is it stress? Is it an ulcer? Is it cancer? There could be an allergy. Like there could be so many different potential root causes for your stomach hurting that eventually people will go in to the doctor if the pain gets consistently worse and over time won't go away. So this is what happens in businesses all the time. And humans in general, because we don't want to solve big, difficult problems, we hope that it goes away. If we take Pepto-Bismol every time, well, then we don't have to go in and spend the money and take the time and be uncomfortable at the doctor's office and be in a cold environment with different machines or whatever and address some unknown. And yet, if we were to do that sooner, we could come to better strategies and better solutions in order to address the actual root cause. The longer we ignore and investigating a root cause, the symptoms will likely remain and additionally could increase to where they're causing other problems. Another example would be with plants. When I see a plant's leaves discolor, whether it's yellow or brown, I just want to go clip the leaf. <laughs> because I don't want to see the yellow and the brown. And yet that just never solves the problems. That does not mean that the new leaves that are coming in aren't going to also become yellow and brown because you have not addressed the problem. Is it a water problem? Is it a light problem? Is it a soil problem? What is making my leaves on this plant turn whatever color they're not supposed to be? Clearly it's evidence of sick that something is not working. So we do this in business all the time where we just start clipping the leaves. And this is what we're talking about. This is a human problem that humans continually try to solve for symptom after symptom. And it ends up being supremely less intelligent. We also learn to live with symptoms. And so in your analogy with the body and the digestive system, when this problem first starts, it's a little bit of felt pain. It's spontaneous and it's surprising. But over years and years and years of living with certain levels of pain, certain discomforts, certain avoidances, certain restrictions on how you can move throughout your life, given the symptoms that you're experiencing, you forget actually how big this problem is and how much pain it's causing you. And I think I've seen a lot of businesses and people live with problems and live with symptoms for so long 
that they're not even attuned to the opportunity to fix it. An example that I see in business in terms of treating a symptom versus a cause is I've seen a lot of companies take corporate days off where everyone takes the same day off and they're resting to overcome burnout. And then let's say they take, you know, a Friday off the next Monday, their inbox is twice as full. They've got the Sunday scaries twice as bad because that work doesn't go away. The problem doesn't go away. It creates a worse problem. Meanwhile, there's a signal towards, hey, we're taking care of this problem of burnout through rest, through a day off. But unfortunately, there's been a total avoidance to diagnostics of the true cause and the roots of burnout as, of course, those are outcomes based in much deeper problems. We're not bringing some original thought here. It is, though, such an enormous and consistent gap in our skills that it has become one of the tenets of a new pedagogy of leadership and particularly in the pedagogy of decision intelligence. What did we bring attention to and how do we learn leadership? How do we learn decision intelligence? This is the most important place to start is the skills of analysis and being able to track and trace what is a root cause versus a symptom. And with more attention and exploration and asking the question that you just posed, really challenging yourself to identify whether you're treating a symptom or have good diagnostics around the cause. A root cause of so much of personal and organizational dysfunction, meaning personal dysfunction in our relationships, organizational dysfunction in our businesses and in our working systems, that humans continually address symptom and not do the work. Uh, and the diagnostics, the analytics, all of the th things that are required to actually investigate and discover the root causes, that this is an endless root cause of pain, is this inability to distinguish between a symptom and a cause. And we understand this in tech. We look at tech debt, if something goes wrong in the medical world, the military world, there's all kinds of industries that are committed when something goes wrong to trace the root cause. We understand this concept. Not only do we understand it, we deeply know the importance of it. And yet it's something that we skip regularly. It's something that leaders, managers, workers, partners skip so often that it's this reoccurring problem. And what we want to address here is how we can pay more attention and right away try to figure out what is the root cause in order to create solutions, strategies, and resolve that happen much quicker. And we know intellectually is far cheaper and less work, less energy, less time, less money in order to solve when you understand the root cause. And an example, this might be in business too. I've worked with a couple of executives that there's an argument over a particular process, or there's an argument over how something was handled with a client. This has happened a lot. And what I realized through listening to them is that there's an assumption that they are aligned. 
there's an assumption that they share the same expectation of how that situation should have went down. But in fact, they do not. They do not have that alignment and the agreement isn't there. But instead, they're arguing over this particular circumstance. I mean, this is also classic therapy. Everyone's arguing over the toilet seat. The toilet seat is not the problem, right? <laughs> you know, what's underlying it is respect and the, a sharing of responsibility and an alignment of agreements, right? So it's the same thing in business as it is in our relationships where there's assumption that we are agreeing with one another when we are not. And we endlessly will argue over a particular so that we can feel understood or that we can have the other people involved see their lack of fairness or whatever it is, right? There's all of these variables that it could be. But once we start asking the question of like, are we really arguing over this instance or is there something underneath it? And these are the questions that we want to surface is that when you hit a point of friction, when you hit a particular pain point, when you notice something isn't working, particularly if you're in a position of power of leadership or oversight, instead of assuming you understand what the problem is, the idea is to ask questions that lead you to better, more accurate diagnostics and really being able to locate where is the source of this particular problem, friction, and lack of productivity or gap? And that's what we're trying to bring to the table. Both exploration and attention underpin each of the concepts in this series, this being the first, which is root causes versus symptoms. And the theme in this particular conversation is it's never what you think it is, or often it is not what you think it is. I think it's really important for us to verbalize where does the root live for so many people and how do our symptoms or our drive towards solving problems get in the way of that? So consistent factor is anxiety. Looking for how primary is your anxiety in this situation in terms of wanting to solve for it and put yourself in a position that makes you feel better. And this happens all the time, even in relationships, right? Where it's like, oh, there's something that doesn't feel good. I don't feel respected. And I want to feel respected. And that becomes the priority over actually looking at the dynamics, what's underneath it, what is leading someone else to feel a certain way? What is the source of somebody's disrespect? And how can you trace that to see where the breakdown is in the trust of the relationship? Or what is the source of your insecurity? This is a complicated thing, right? And so this is why I think most humans don't want to do this work. Like what gets in the way is that most of us don't want to locate some deficiency in ourselves. That's a huge factor. <laughs> no one wants to like do all this work and then surface, oh, this is some deficiency on my part or in my department or whatever. That doesn't feel good. And also usually when you do the work of locating and tracing this, you find more work to do not less. <laughs> and more responsibility, not less when you already have a full plate. So there's layers here. Nobody wants to locate some new problem. They would rather just take care of this symptom and they don't want more responsibilities. And then a highlight on what could be a personal deficiency like insecurity or the fact that other people don't trust you. Well, why does your team not trust you or have to have difficult conversations? If the root cause, which we often find, it's usually two things. It's an operational problem, a protocol, a 
systemic problem that exists in whoever designed the system. There's problems with that. It needs to be upgraded. It needs to be more efficient. Or it's some relational problem that is political and social trust that is difficult to repair. Both of these are difficult to repair. So it's much easier to just keep going symptom after symptom until something really breaks. Yeah, another example of this is the positive good intent of wanting to be available for your customers, right? And I think a lot of entrepreneurs can identify with this customer-centric thinking, doors open, maybe their customer is actually their team, their employees, someone internal, where they want to be available. And while that's great, there are many costs to that, including setting the wrong expectations, the cost of being deliberate in your work and not being disrupted. A really simple thing to do is to turn that off, but someone's personal anxiety, their fears, what's driving their desire to be accessible. It actually takes a more strategic lift to change the mindset and calculate how that's actually hurting their customer base, how it's hurting their business to be so accessible. What surfaced was there was this, this blanket value for accessibility because that's how everyone else was doing it. And that was kind of like a core value. But the question that we posed was, is there a way to serve your customer the same with changing what accessibility means? What does it mean to give customers a great experience? And is that only in how accessible you are? And does it mean all the time, all day long, every hour, right, right? So we had to ask this question of why was there this deep value of accessibility without a more critical examination of how you could provide a great customer experience? The accessibility was rooted to customer experience. So it's like, oh, my need to be accessible is because I want to give the best experience possible to my customers. Okay, well, then the next question is, well, how can we give the best experience of the customers? Is it only based on accessibility? So that ends up being a more complicated examination. And yet it led to an amazingly different result in terms of how this executive was able to reorganize and reprioritize what good customer experience looked like. And this was revolutionary in terms of how the workflow changed and what were the actual benefits, not deficiencies of a shift away from being accessible all the time. And also not accepting that accessibility to your customers at all costs, at all times is the standard. Being able to re-examine that it was a symptom, there was pain being felt by valuing that level of accessibility. Being able to reevaluate that allowed treatment to the root cause of what desires were at play, what values were at play, and reexamining at that core. It's, so it's a really powerful strategy that has long-term ramifications. And so the main point here is to ask ourselves, am I solving a symptom or a root? And I've found that a framework that has really helped in our diagnostics and partnering with people is thinking about what they really want to be doing. I think that people maybe see options that feel within their grasp. And so they kind of fight for what seems practical, realistic, somewhat familiar. But when we really sit and talk with people and are able to get to the root, we find that what they're after, what they're chasing is sometimes actually very aspirational, it feels like to them. It feels very, very far away. And so meanwhile, they're kind of spinning wheels and we all do this. We try to improve in small degrees what's around us 
our invitation is to actually pause and say, instead of just kind of like playing whack-a-mole with whatever seems relevant and timely to really think about what do you want? What do you need? What's worth fighting for? And go after those things and create a whole new strategy to get there versus just dealing with the circumstances that you've been handed. To piggyback on that, when we're addressing how do you restore respect and how do you restore agreements is a whole different conversation when you're starting from that to address a new protocol versus looking at the protocol that, okay, you could change the sequencing and you could change the protocol, but the problem really is about the partnership and the respect. And so if you're changing the protocol, does that automatically restore respect and trust in the relationship? Maybe a little but not entirely. You have to have multiple strategies now. So one, yes, change the protocol because that protocol or system failed. Got it. But then also you have this other thing to address is that there's now a disagreement and a conflict. There was a breach. How do you address the partnership? And, you know, those are two different conversations, two different strategies. Um, And so that's what we're looking for is how to trace these things more accurately so that they don't continue similar things happening in another system because you haven't addressed the other factor that's involved. Yeah. More leaves growing with yellow or brown, right? And the clipping continues. I want to talk a little bit about what gets in the way because it's so easy to sit and say, you know, stop yourself in the moment and think about, are you treating a symptom or are you treating a root cause? But the reality is that it's more challenging to access that level of presence and awareness, especially in our day and age. And so I would argue that the first thing that gets in the way is the lack of time and attention that we spend committed to thinking through a problem and asking ourselves the question. Another is the lack of partnership that we have, the amount of perspective and objectivity that another person can bring maybe in your organization, but most likely outside of it. And this is not across the dinner table necessarily with a spouse because there's so much emotion and ego and facts and circumstances that can get in the way. So really having someone who's removed from the situation and is trained to be able to help diagnose the root cause and the core, what additional things do you believe get in the way? I think the primary thing that gets in the way is how we've been conditioned in our society and our business. We have been conditioned from a young age to deal with symptoms because they're on the surface and they're only what's noticeable, even our healthcare system, right? Like you go into the doctors and you're having problem, unless your symptoms are strong enough, there's nothing to test and they'll send you home. And these are embedded in all of our systems and how we grow up. So we haven't been trained to pause inside the symptom and figure out what's going on. And that requires a skill, a skill in stopping and a skill in bringing attention and then having some analysis. And so just like our bodies, right now, then you have to stop and go, man, how long have I been having this problem. Okay. What have I been eating? Like that's a lot of attention and brain power in terms of tracing and bringing those analytics. Right. And then eventually diagnostics, that's a lot of resources required. So we are a band-aid culture. We have been trained to put band-aids on everything. And until something breaks, we don't fix it. I mean, even the military systems, they don't fix anything until somebody dies. Most of politics, you know, the biggest policies are not changed until somebody dies. And even then, it doesn't change because there's other factors involved and there's money and lobbyists, blah, blah, blah. This is why it's a continual problem. 
My question for myself and others listening is how much time do we sit and really think through what is the problem? In my experience personally, and I think in our culture, there's such an inclination to start responding and to start problem solving. And the art of problem solving is a really great skill. What we're suggesting here though, is that until you take the time to really sit with what is the root cause, you could be solving the wrong problem. And so I would challenge those listening to think through how does their schedule, their time allow for them to think very critically, just stopping and pausing long enough to allow these things to surface is a real challenge. In our culture, it's really hard to not be doing, to not be producing, to not be meeting. I found it really helpful scheduling time with a thought partner. You might not even know what you're meeting to discuss or problem solve through. But when you have people, resources to help you discern these things, man, you can start building strategies that work a lot more efficiently, a lot more long-term. But I think our culture gets in the way of it. I think it's a step that we're skipping and it's really hurting us. We have come to have this as a kind of universal knowledge, right? You test for breast cancer and you test for colon cancer as early as possible so that you can prevent and start treatment to address the root cause before those symptoms pile up and create other symptoms that then are no longer treatable. And this is exactly the same principle. So in thinking through some of the takeaways, we would suggest taking the time to really engage the problem on this deeper level that we've been talking about, to really enter partnership, to get perspective on the route and to have help. We believe that you know we can all use some help in stepping back and to avoid responding to that ego drive, whether it's the core fear, or the core desire, to get that temporary relief from anxiety while not actually touching the root of the problem. And so in our next episode, we'll be talking more specifically about how to analyze those resources that we have, the type of existential math that we can do to think about what resides within us, what kinds of resources are outside of us. And that's really where the next step kicks off. Once you've discovered what the root problem is, starting to analyze it and do math that's rooted in thinking about the root cause as a holistic problem. We invite you to follow our journey by hitting like and subscribe. Thanks for listening.